Hi, everyone. This week is part five of the Pivotal series. I go over common issues, things like sleep, play, potty training, bedwetting, picky eaters, attention, behavior, sensory challenges. I go over boredom and calm and how most of our kids don't know what calm even feels like in their body, how quiet is not the same as calm, and why forcing the issues we feel we have to only make them worse. Again, you can download the Pivotal series in the show notes and it will also come with the simple spiral steps. All right, here is part five. I hope you enjoy. I'm going to go over common issues. I don't know if it's because they can be layered as to why they're happening that we're not going to the nervous system first, but here I want to shine a light on all these places so you can decide if it could be what's happening for you. Okay, so it sucks because these are the things we happen to feel like we do have to force. Our kids have to go to sleep and eat and drink and go to the bathroom correctly. But forcing is really the cause of what makes it such a huge issue. We end up dysregulating them more, making them feel they're wrong to listen to us and not their body. So we add a little trauma to the experience and then their body is going to feel unsafe every time after. And since we don't know that's why, we just wire it deeper and deeper into their system. These are things like sleep, play, eating, potty training, and bedwetting. And I don't really want to label behavior, but (laughs) what can be labeled as autism, ADHD, attention or behavior challenges, um, anxiety, depression, or sensory processing disorders. But in some way, they are going to be about nervous system dysregulation. It's really looking at these internal and external and usually hidden triggers. So I'm going to highlight a few of the reasons for each. I'm going to start with sleep. So sleeping, if you think about it, can be a really scary time for their body. They're losing attachment to you, um, real proximity if you're not sleeping with them. You're going away and they're left alone in this vulnerable state to try and sleep. For a body whose only purpose is to protect you, to try and tell your body to close its eyes, which is how it will scan for danger, is really hard. Or if you don't have a calming routine that is bringing their body into regulation before bed, then they're in a hyper state and all of a sudden you're forcing them to go to sleep. Their body doesn't care about your timeline. If you have a hard time every night at bedtime, you have to look at the past. You have to understand their body is detecting threat every night now because of probably the one time it didn't go right. And bedtime is now an unsafe trigger to their body. So you just have to rewire that. The next is play. There are so many parts to play. One I like to bring up is the aspect of it being hard for us to play or enjoy playing with our kids. This always blew my mind. That's what I thought would be the best part of having kids, to be a kid again with them, to do all the fun things I loved growing up. It really made me feel bad. It made me sad and it made me think something was wrong with me because it truly didn't make sense. But again, it's not about the mental space. It's about the body. Okay, play with others. I'm talking about how a kid can be playing great on the playground one minute and then hitting a kid the next. 
So play is a mix of the hyper and connected state. So there is this really fine line between them. And the second your kid feels a threat, they cross it. The real issue is that their system isn't able to hold much capacity and it happens quicker and more frequently for these kids. You also may not realize that positive feelings can be a source of dysregulation. Excitement can move into a place of dysregulation because it becomes too much for them to integrate. Kids having fun while in balance is different from kids who look like they're having fun but are actually dysregulated. And having high energy is normal childhood development, but when there is persistent and consistent hyperactivity, it's usually a sign that a child is stuck. Okay, independent play. This has to do with attachment and proximity or in essence, feeling safe to either play in general or play alone. It's not like your kid doesn't know what to do. This is that they can't be open to their imagination or creativity because their body feels unsafe. They can only focus on their body, not feeling comfortable. Boredom. This can be a sign your child is dysregulated and it can affect their behavior. They will choose conflict or seek out stimulation within their environment in an attempt to regulate themselves. It's safer to feel something than nothing for long periods for them. Or this can be more about the sense of calm and stillness. They don't feel comfortable in this state. It's not familiar and can feel unsafe. The problem is most of our kids don't even know what calm feels like in their body. They may be used to internal chaos as their normal and their behaviors mirror that. Another layer to this is when you feel the need to always entertain them. You've never given them a chance to be bored, either because you're overcompensating from your childhood or it wasn't safe for you. And quiet is not the same as calm. They could force themselves to be quiet, but inside they're dysregulated. And this leads me to TV or screens. They have a quieting effect, but it's not promoting a state of calm. Their body is sitting still while also being activated by what's on the screen. And this is actually clear in their reaction when you turn it off. It is just suppressing hyperactivity. This is an example too of why it's important to let our kids move if they're moving. If they do get up from the dinner table, it's because their bodies are telling them to move their energy. Their bodies are doing what they're supposed to and trying to bring them back into regulation. It's not that they're not listening to you. They are listening to their body and its need to move. Okay, and with any of these things, if your kids aren't connected to their bodies, then it is very easy for them to form sensory issues and faulty neuroception, which is just when what a sensation means to them becomes less or worse than it really is. And when they're already dysregulated, this escalates that so much more. For example, like a panic attack. You will associate internal cues with having a panic attack. If your hands are tingling, you'd start freaking out because when you had a panic attack before, your hands were tingling. So you think you're gonna have one and you can actually create it. So the faulty correlations around things can lead to negative reactions. This is also how chronic pain works, like headaches. Your body is sensing something without you being aware. Having issues with the bathroom, if it's bedwetting or potty training, or even just hunger and thirst, 
it comes down to they're not able to feel what is happening in their body. They notice feelings inside, but have no idea what they mean. When they're attuned to their internal state, the more accurately they sense and can take the appropriate action. It's the reason why your child may be completely fine one minute and then screaming they have to go to the bathroom the next, or when you literally just ask them if they needed to go. They aren't aware of those sensations until they become urgent. The last thing is a picky eater. In this case, their nervous system is over-responding to one or more of the senses involved with eating, which actually involves three basic senses, texture, smell, and taste. And you can even consider sight and hearing because it's what's going on while they're eating. It's any of these senses that create an uncomfortable eating experience. So their system is being dysregulated every time they eat. It could really be about that specific food, but not what you think. Your kid could like raw broccoli, but not steamed because it's about the texture for them. So when it comes to our kids and what we think are just common issues, it's really about taking the time to be a detective and to be curious about all the possible reasons. This is a part of the foundational work of understanding all the sensory parts that stem from the nervous system.